Hello, my name is Marit Harden and this is my weekly webinar for Love Bears All Things, my channel to encourage mothers and fathers seeing their prodigals return home through prayer. Today, um, I'm going to be talking about hope and hope in God's faithfulness. As a mental health doctor, I sometimes use a questionnaire called the K-10 and there's one question on the test which most individuals pause over. In the past four weeks, how often did you feel hopeless? I'm sure that everyone has at some time lost hope in some situation. It might be that you've lost hope about a positive outcome or something that you'd hoped turned out favourably. It might be that you had hope that your children would make good choices and end up with great marriages and make something of their lives. It might be that you hope that someone would come to the Lord and so far they haven't shown any interest in spiritual matters. When we lose hope, we lose an expectation of a positive outcome. We stop dreaming or imagining the outcome that we'd previously hoped for. Somehow, I think hope is more than a wish. It's more than a desire that might happen if we're lucky. It's more than an aspiration. For Christians, hope is a strong and confident expectation that what God has promised in his word is true. Hope is a seedbed for faith. What we see in the distance through faith we feel in our bones that hope that there is something coming. Now, in um, Romans um, 4 verse, I think it is 18, Paul writes about Abraham who hoped against hope. I was curious about this phrase, hope against hope. It refers to hoping when the facts are against you. Abraham put his hope into God's promises and not in a hope that his body would somehow enough have enough vitality to father a child. He knew the facts. His body was 100 years old and Sarah was long past menopause. He didn't deny these facts. He didn't pretend to himself that he was a younger version of himself. Though he had at one time tried to make God's promise come true through plan B, he, he came to the realisation that plan B gave him only an earthly torment. Abraham learned his lesson and he turned back to hope in God. He remained hopeful. There is an often quoted promise in Jeremiah 29, but I want to give you some context to that promise. The Israelites in Jeremiah 29 were in exile in Babylon. It was very difficult for them. They were prisoners of war. They had heavy hearts. This calamity had befallen on them. And some people wanted to set up a resistance movement to go against their captors. But God said no to resistance and he said no to false hope promises. Instead, he gave Jeremiah a true promise. He said that the calamity had been part of the framework that God had instigated 70 years for them to be in exile. And yet God encouraged them to build houses, settle down, plant gardens, eat the way of produce, marry um, their sons and daughters and give their sons and daughters in marriage to have children, to increase, to not decrease, to seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which they were carried into exile, and that they should to pray for God to prosper their captors. Now, this is what the Lord God said to the Israelites in exile. And, you know, it was in the midst of this that God gave them the promise he said, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I'll come to fulfill my promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, 
plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. This promise was to the Israelites in exile, a foreign land with a foreign customs, and they were wondering where their God was, who not protected them from being captured. Yet God promised to give them a future and a hope. The same Jeremiah possibly also wrote Lamentations, and it's in the form of a funeral dirge, which is still sung at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem. It was written about the same time frame as the fall of Jerusalem and the exile into Babylon. And at its lowest point in Lamentations chapter 3, verses 20 to 24, the writer says, Soul is downcast within me, and yet this I will recall to mind. And therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The process of building hope in a hopeless situation is to recall to mind God's promise. Speak it out. God is my portion. And then wait patiently. Paul, writing in Romans chapter 5, verses 3 to 5, wrote, We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. Then hope does not disappoint because the Holy Spirit, which we have within us, all calls for an action of rejoicing in our suffering. And this is a good effect on us because it builds our resilience and our character and also our hope. However, most of us, when we go through trials, don't rejoice. Instead, we grumble, we complain, we confess our discontent, we struggle and strive against our calamity. Rejoicing seems counterintuitive, but it goes along with what God proclaimed to Jeremiah to declare to the captives in Babylon. They were to seek the peace and prosperity of the city. They were to pray to the Lord for blessing on their captives, because if they prosper, then the exiles too would prosper. Can we do that? to people who might revile us, take advantage of us, make jokes about us, mock us. There is something in this because Jesus commanded us to pray for our enemies and bless them and to not curse them. Can we seek the prosperity of our neighbours in which we live so that we too may prosper in the situation we're in? My prayer for you today to those who are listening to this message is to become hope merchants, ones who have a greater hope in God to restore and renew and revive our flagging world and to bless others and make it our mission to elevate the Jesus way of living on this earth, a counterintuitive way to be the light, be the salt, to give faith, hope and love to others and to be the ones who carry Jesus to the hurting world. That's it for my webinar today. Become a hope merchant in today's world. <music>